Hello and welcome to Worship Conversations by Awakened Generation, where we are passionate about equipping and empowering the church in all things worship. AG is a worship missions organization based in Singapore. We have a vision to see a movement of creatives and leaders transformed, equipped and empowered by the Holy Spirit to live out the Great Commission, impacting the nations for His glory. One of the main ways we do this is through our one-year worship school and our 2022 school applications are now open. So if you're looking to grow as a worshipper in a thriving community of creatives, check out our school applications on our website www.awakengeneration.sg Favourite foods, unexpected beginnings and biggest lessons in songwriting. On today's episode, we get to know our AG songwriting mentors, Eloris, John Cho and Stacey Tan, and hear the stories of becoming a songwriter and the significance of songwriting in worship and the body of Christ. Let's get to it! Hello everybody, welcome to episode 14 of Worship Conversations! It's such a joy to introduce more and more people on our podcast and to hear from them. So I'm super excited um, to introduce our guests for today. Um, So of course we have our beautiful OG songwriting mentor, Eleris. Oh, (laughs) Wait, are you the OG? Hello, hello. Good to be with y'all. Yeah, okay. And you know, Eleris, you are such a joy to listen to. I'm sure our listeners will agree. (laughs) <laughs> awkward laugh okay and um, our next two guests on today's episode are the first people from the AG team that I got to know um, because they were my mentors last year when I first came to AG so you know we have the very cool very trendy super lean back in the Lord's loving arms Jonathan Cho hi Cho I just I wasn't sure if I should say hi because I have no idea if you're referring to me or Stacy. <laughs> I know. In fact, I was going to respond to yeah, beautiful. It was a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> right. And well, now that you've given it away, of course, the equally cool and trendy and beautiful TikToking skater girl, we have Stacy Tan. Stacy, hello everyone. Yo, yo, yo. TikTok right. flip flop. <laughs> silence. Yeah, this this is probably how the podcast is gonna go tonight. Um, all right. So John and Stace uh, are are our songwriting mentors in the AG Worship School, um, and are actually the some the writers or responsible for some of the songs that you hear on the AG albums. So many of the songs. Many of the songs, right? Um, so and good. if you don't know these two people today, well, you will find out more about who they are. And you know, they are truly some of the best people Singapore has the privilege of housing. In my yes. personal opinion, um, and today, don't oversell us. Don't oversell us. No, you, you guys will meet it. Don't worry. Stress. Um, and you get to hear their personal stories and revelations about worship and songwriting today. Okay, so welcome, Stacy and Cho, to the podcast. Woo woo! Thank you woo-woo. for having us. Woo woo! Yeah, it's great to be here. All right, so just to start us off, maybe you guys would like to introduce yourself. Like, what are you guys doing? What's your favorite food? You know, anything. Cho mm, as the ladies first. Ay, 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 ay. I know what Stacy's <laughs> favorite food is. What is bread. it? Bread. Yeah. Bread. We got it right. Okay. Well, bread the queen. yes, yes, queen. So my my favorite food is bread. Um, more seriously, I have been part of the you know AG team for a long time in in different capacities, and 
um, mainly because um, you know I just love music. Uh, besides that, uh, I I think like I can't really describe myself much. I'm a in marketing and brand consulting by day and uh, at night I do all sorts of um, nerdy stuff like read and you know watch nature documentaries and as Delphine said I skate sometimes yeah so sometimes 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 so uh mm. yeah that's that's uh pretty much sums up who I am whoop whoop all right wow. Joe well um yeah I, I I guess I should say what my favorite food is uh, I think my last meal will be like a naslamat with uh, maybe a glass of beer. Am I allowed to say that? Okay, never mind. Moving on. Of course. Uh, should, I mean, edit, that, edit that out. Yeah. It's a with a glass of yeah. It's a great um, pairing. Yeah. So that's like food, right? And uh, my journey uh, with AG is uh, I started off as a student uh, in the guitar stream. Yeah. Ooh. Wow. And how, I think how long ago was that? Uh, Seven wow. years. 16, right? I remember. I remember. 2016. I think 2016. so. 2016. Yeah, I remember. I had a, uh, I had a mentoring with Rice and uh, shared like a song or two, and and then she was like, "You should go for songwriting." Uh, then <laughs> that's See? the end of the story. I had a plan. And God had yeah, a plan. That, <laughs> yeah, I guess I could share more more about that later. Um, yeah, but what do I do? I'm a dad. So, <laughs> I full time job. I, I tell jokes. <laughs> that jokes. You yeah. are very good at it. Oh, why? Thank you. Right. We look forward to more dad jokes. Do I need to share a bit about myself too? Yeah, sure. Right. So, <laughs> like to share a bit about yourself. <laughs> I just share my favorite food. Then we can move okay. on. Okay. My favorite food is <laughs> crab legs with butter. What? Crab legs? Yeah, you know, Cold. like okay, the best crab in the world is Dungeness crab. And I think you can only get it in certain parts of the world. Like you can't, it's, it's really hard to get here. But it's like yeah. the biggest, like juiciest crab ever. And then you just like melt butter with lemon and you just dip it in and you eat it. It's awesome. Dude, that sounds so good. <laughs> it it's ridiculously good. All right, hey, that reminds me, Rice. There's this crab place that I want to bring you to, but... um. I guess another topic for another time. <laughs> yeah, I you just wait. reminded me. Yeah, some cold crap. Okay, are we invited to Joe? Uh, lie, lie, lie. As long as uh, we stick <laughs> to restrictions. Okay, cool. <laughs> Should I share my favorite food too? Yeah. Yeah, it's a very hard question because I don't actually have a favorite food. But if I were to eat one ja. thing for the rest of my life. Ja. Oh yeah, I think Jan Ko is quite close. Maybe it'll be fried fish noodle soup. <laughs> Wow. I was not expecting that at all. <laughs> really let's let's basic. talk more about that. Let's uh, <laughs> talk about your trauma. Why you oh. fried fish? I was not expecting food. that conversation tonight. Well, I think that we should just forget about songwriting and talk about food. My well, food. maybe we can. We should write a song. Oops, we should write a song now about our favorite food. It's all connected, mm. don't you know? It's all connected. Okay, well, but you know, <laughs> let's get back to our actual conversation. Mm, yes, yes. Um, yes. Why don't you guys share with us, like, how did you become a songwriter? Uh, mm, Cho, you go first. Oh, I, I can first. I can start with how I became oh, okay, a songwriter. Yes, 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 uh, yes. I came to AG last year. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But, but actually, 
um, how I became a songwriter was actually when I was 15 years old, my church was doing this huge move from our building to like another big place. And uh, they, they wanted to have like a song that the kids ministry could sing. Uh, so that during the move, like we have a new, like nice big rebranding and yeah, all that. So a couple of us came together and we wrote a song. So it was the first time I wrote like a song, and I still remember this song to this day. And it's a running joke between the few of us because one of us became a professional musician. I shall not name who. Oh, right. Oh, I want to know. Uh, okay. I can ah. tell you. I can tell you offline, oh, but know, you guys I already know. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> I think oh. I know. I think I know. <laughs> yeah, you do. You do. So, yeah, it's a running joke. I would sing that song to to annoy that person often, but yeah, that's how I became a songwriter. It's a very straightforward story. So, maybe I'll hand the time to uh, Cho. How did you become a songwriter? Yeah. Um. Well, like I hinted at, uh, I think formally, if I can use those words. It probably began when um, I gave a shot at writing something and I shared it with Rice um, and, and she encouraged me to, to just embark on that journey, you know, and I signed up for Songwriting the next year, I think it was 2017, and just began to understand that, okay, this is what something is about uh, and, you know, I can actually, I can actually do it, right? More on that later, but then I realized that Actually, my whole life, I guess I've been penning songs, right? In one form or another, or at least making up songs. Um, whether or not they're any good is a different question. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you can cook. It's just whether anybody wants to eat it. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, so it kind of began there. And, and, you know, just I would have to say that apart from the, the skills, like developing the skills, it was more understanding what the heart of it is was it is about mm. right mm. and then just going like yeah you know this is really core to who i am in terms of expression worship um yeah so that's how it started for me and i haven't looked back since cool yeah cool so <laughs> i guess what we have in common is What's the common uh, uh, thing in all our equations is Ellery's because she was the one that also encouraged me to songwrite. Huh? Yeah, I, I mean songwriting before you knew me. Um, I, I mean like same same for for Cho, right? It's like you you know kind of pen verses here and there, but um and and for me, I've never thought of myself as a songwriter. Never, never, never. But I met Ellery's when I was I think eighteen years old, and by then she was already an established artist and a songwriter, and. For me, I've always thought, okay, I'm a cool musician. You know, I play electric guitar and drums and whatever. But I remember we were sitting in the studio and she was like, you know, you should try songwriting. You see, she always like starts with encouraging. It's all part of her plan, <laughs> her grand plan. And yeah, same thing. And the first Christian song I wrote was this song called Hiding Place, which, um, you know, later became like some a, a real song, like, you know, and... Such a good song, by the way. Yeah, oh my gosh, so so not, not 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 bad when I look back, but it's just funny <laughs> to look by your old songs. But anyway, it it all started from there, actually, you know. And after that, um, and the thing about this that I've always liked writing, you know, whether it's short mm. stories or or poetry or whatever, and I always love music. And actually, songwriting is basically a combination of those two things. I don't know why I never put them together before. 
And um, yep, it was it was from there that I became, a, I guess, a songwriter. And now look at Cho and I, songwriters, uh, songwriting mentors, you know. So it. it's, it's insane. God is faithful. Um, for me, um, I, I, it's still weird to call myself a songwriter. I still feel like I'm more of a, a human that just sometimes writes songs. <laughs> you know, like sometimes we feel that 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 title songwriter can be can be weighty, right? Um, uh, but but um, yeah, my journey started when um, in my in my teenage years um, after learning the the guitar, inspired by an artist named Michelle Branch. <laughs> Yeah, she was awesome back in the hotel paper. Yeah, in late nineties, oh early two thousands. Totally gonna say something else. <laughs> Some other paper. My recollection's bad. Yeah, and um, and I think just started picking up picking up the the guitar, and actually, for some reason, after just learning four chords, like songwriting just came really naturally. Yeah, so I still remember like one of my first songs I wrote was a song called "Like You Do." <laughs> Which I don't know if you can uh, find on, on Spotify. It might not be um, on Spotify. I'm totally going to try it right now. <laughs> I think you can find it on YouTube, actually. Um, okay, yeah, but, but realize that um, that um, it was very natural. And it, it was like I was able to process emotions through putting it in a, in a song. And it was actually very therapeutic. So yeah, so, so that was my first like endeavor into songwriting, and then worship songwriting is a it's a whole nother story. We'll see if that comes out later in our show. Yeah, well, I mean, it's so special that the person who's responsible for um, your journey in songwriting is in the same conversation about songwriting. So I'm looking forward to our deep conversations today. Um, yeah, but you know, what are some like revelations or lessons that you learned in your journey um, as you became or you, as you um, started to pursue songwriting? Are there any lessons or um, revelations that you gained? Um, I guess I guess I'll, I'll I'll start the ball rolling. There's definitely plenty of lessons, and in fact, um, even even you know when you work with students. Uh, as a songwriting mentor and previously as a mentor, um, sometimes when when you go through the process, even with each class, like you're bringing back new perspectives, new revelations. But I, I guess I had to say um, that one big one that set me off on my journey was uh, again I I have to I have to honor rice. <laughs> it's like the 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 common uh, common dish tonight is rice. Okay. Bad joke. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, because I remember she said that, you know, sometimes the songs that we write, they, we want them to be perfect, you know, being creatives, being artists, like we want them to be able to release, be released and, and go out with something special. But there are songs that are written really just to kind of um, mark a season, right? Or as an expression of something, and and the I think rice you use was, um, you build an altar, right, for whatever you have experienced in your journey with God, and who knows, you know, you and God are the only people who have heard that song. I think that just reminded me that, you know, one side or the other, 
things about, yeah, I want people to appreciate my craft or I want people to enjoy the song or be blessed by the message. You, if you strip all of that away, you take it away, it's really just that, you know, there's, there's th that deep relational aspect. It's just between you and God. And this is my act of worship that I'm remembering what you have done. Um, or if it's not th that kind of song, then it's just I'm I'm marveling at um, you know how how I I see the world, how I make sense of the world around me, and I'm able to do it in a certain way because you are in my life, you know. So that's 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 a big thing that I've been really chewing on for a couple of years. Yeah, I um. As a, as a type 1 anagram, I'm going to answer this question in three three parts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think um, really, really like, I just thought about it. The three big things I've learned about songwriting is number one, it's a muscle. Like any art is something that needs to be consistently stretched um, for it to be good. Um, and it doesn't mean, actually it doesn't mean like you have to write songs every day. But I think to constantly think about songwriting, to think about those sources of inspiration, to have your eyes open to what God is saying, that's a muscle that needs to be stretched. Um, yeah, number two, songwriting is best done in community. And and here I'm gonna like bring in a skating metaphor, you know, like before before okay, anyone who knows me knows I'm not an athletic person at all. I'm I'm very home, I'm very homebody, introverted person, and I don't exercise, have not for years. When I picked up skating, and I started doing it because I had a community of people that were already skating, you know, and I felt so much joy in that, and that motivated me to actually, um, you know, really start doing it, taking it seriously and all of that. And I realized, oh, this is why people like sports. <laughs> oh, that's why people go to the gym with their friends. Oh, wow. Revelation. Yeah, I, it was a revelation, you know, and so funny, right, in terms, in terms of sports that that um, your muscles get stretched the best when you are in community. Yeah, and that's where co-writing comes in, which is something that all of us practice, you know, to varying degrees of success here. Um, yeah, and then the third thing is uh, I've learned is that songwriting is for everybody. And I say this not as a, not as a passing, you know, frivolous thing, but uh, I think that there's, I mean, the world of music is so vast. Mm. And the way that people get ministered to through different songs and genres and styles now is, is especially now in this uh, time, is so exciting. You know, can you write R&B and, and be a, a minister to people through worship? Oh my gosh, yes, totally. Mm. Can you rap and write rap and minister? Yes. Can you do metal? I don't know. Maybe we should ask uh, <laughs> our friend uh, Sean Warris about that, you know. But it, it is for everybody. And I think that um, this is not a plug just for songwriting, but when we are, you know, when Cho and I teach at songwriting, we always do emphasize what is your what's your sound, what is it that that the Lord is has blessed you with the specific uh, lyric lyricism that you're trying to bring out. Yeah, sorry. So that's a very long answer, but um, those are the three big lessons I've learned in my journey. Yeah, super good stuff. Um, I I I do feel somewhat that songwriting is has been um a bit of a, a a lost practice within the the church and i feel it's something that you know the the early church definitely did all the time whether it was you know full written songs with complete verses and bridges and choruses i don't know but 
the new song, you know, um, being able to um, release a fresh song of worship as it commands us uh, time after time in Psalms is something that um, was a practice of, of, the, of the early church. Mm. And of course, there are churches that really do celebrate songwriting and have um, active songwriting ministries. But I feel it's less common than common now. Mm. But I feel songwriting is such a, a powerful channel uh, for us to lean into God's heart and His voice and to give vision and direction mm. to a people who's lost or, or to the church. Yeah, and I, yeah, so I, I, I do feel God wants to revive this amongst uh, his, his church, his people. Um, and it, not just also for, for the sake of like, it's just for leadership, but it's also for communion, mm. right? Because, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but whenever I song, right? I feel closest to God, you know, uh, and I've, I've heard some athletes say this as well, that, you know, when, when they run, like that's when they feel like the presence of God um, the most. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, so I think many of us are, are wired um, to express our heart through music. And um, mm -hmm. when we do, that's when we are really able to connect with God's heart, hear from him and fellowship with him. Yeah, so yeah, I, I would really love to to see more of the church, the, the people of God, um, not seeing songwriting as um, a lofty thing to attain, but something that is innate um, in us, as music is innate in us, um, that, we, that we can and we should do in our relationship with God, yeah. Yeah, um... Maybe since, like, Rice, you've, you've brought it up, I think songwriting is... I've never actually thought that songwriting was important in in church, yeah. in worship. Like, I've always just relied on every... Like, the, 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 the powerhouses of worship songwriters, like the songwriters, right, in, in Australia when I was young, um, Hillsong... And then now recently we have Beto and, and Maverick. Like we I just generally relied on them to just produce the songs and and somehow like I felt growing up in Singapore I never really connected that songwriting is a powerful um instrument, I would say, or like a powerful tool it, within the church for mm. communion, for yeah. gathering the church, for the importance of releasing a local sound or a, a church sound. Um but yeah, maybe um, Stace and, and Cho, you'll also like to share your thoughts of um, yeah. What do you feel is the significance of songwriting in worship or, or in the in the body of Christ? Mm, yeah, I, I mean, I have to say firstly that the way Rice put it was just so um, so accurate, so so apt, um, and I think there's something really precious about um, every community trying to articulate together what they are understanding about God, what he is doing in the community and and so on. And and of course, uh, to say this is, you know, it's not like dissing, um, relying on uh, songs written by what, what you call the powerhouses and so on. But it is true that um, there is a certain thing that's taking place in their community, 
God is speaking to them in a certain way, of course, you know, while being guided by what you observe around the world and all that. Um, but the best analogy to this is is like, you know, if I want to write something for my wife, right, for Valentine's Day or her birthday and everything, and and I just borrow the words of a Hallmark card or something, which which would really fit um, the occasion, um, but it's just different. It's different because to write a song and to put your mind to that creative expression um, is an act of, of worship and, and sacrifice in the set. You know, you are important enough to me or this relationship is important enough to me that I took the time to sit down and process um, what this means to me and what I think about it. And it may not come out perfect, um, but as you know, the adage goes, sometimes it's more about the the journey than the destination, right? So there's definitely that aspect of it. Um, the other thing that I, I've i reflected on, especially in 2020, and I guess to some extent this year, is that many of us are worship songs in church, right? Um, take a take a certain uh, carry a certain language um and i think last year and this year in particular people began to realize that there is a dearth of of songs that articulate lament right or or wrestle or or struggle and, and all that um those themes um and, and so a community um some friends of mine we were talking about them we were saying yeah you know that there's really a lack of that language and and we realize how crucial it is to your spiritual life that when you are experiencing something in your journey with god that you you are looking around right language um so this is the flip side of it right it, when you can't articulate it if you look around which that that helps you to to connect the dots uh in a particular season um and then all that is an act of worship because my doing it um serves someone else in his or her season when he or she can't find the words. And that's when the church um, really behaves like a body, you know? So extend if I'm able to write, I I have a, I would say even a, a responsibility to write for the church, you know? Um, or, and so on, you know, I could, I could go on <laughs> forever about this, but there's some thoughts that I've, I've had. Stace. Oh yeah. Okay. 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 Very deep. This Cho is very deep. I don't know how to follow that. Deep. Uh, but I think I think Rice and, and Cho kind of covered covered that. Um, and I think for people who think about songwriting as you know something very far away from them, I think let's just talk about like the power of music in general. Um, I've been watching this show called Versailles recently, and it's like it's it's very interesting. It's about um King Louis the Fourteenth in the seventeenth century and how. He actually did a lot of impossible things. Um, it was uh, he came to power at a time where nobody respected French nobility. There was a lot of war and all civil war and all of that. But in, in the show, he gives a speech about how music and theater and art will be the things that bring this nation together. And he did that. He was the king that was known for using these art forms, right? And and not war, you know, not like conquering all that, which he did later, of course, but he brought that music back and dance back into um, high society again. 
And I was like, watching the episode this morning, I was thinking, oh, this is like so applicable to, to the church as well. And we know that the church has always been actually the bastions of art for the longest time during the Renaissance, during like even like the Baroque periods. The church was the one that was responsible being a patron for music and art. They composed, mm. they, you know, they got people to compose music, paintings and all of that. And by that, they kind of controlled, not controlled, that sounds bad, but they kind of... They were the thought leaders. They were the thought leaders. They were the yeah. one, the trendsetters. They were like the, the TikTok experts of their time, you know? Mm, that's right. And, and yeah, I think that there's something very, very, very interesting about that approach if, if the church would, would see that music, songwriting, the creative arts have such a power to bring his word, to bring truth and to speak power mm. into people's lives yeah so so um yeah i just think I, I just think like power of music man i think that's where it all starts recognizing that even though music is just a medium it is a very powerful and emotive one that can express volumes yeah and and you know if i could just like jump on onto that like something that i've been reading lately um is that word renaissance a renaissance or however you say it right Okay. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Stace, you would probably know this better, but it's it's French word for for rebirth, renewal, and and that's connected to the word revival, a word we hear a lot in spiritual, um, spiritual language, spiritual communities, and I think there's something, there's something there, that. Um, we must pay attention to um, because Renaissance or Renaissance or whatever, you know, um, marks a certain point of time in history, but it it it, it is also um, evidence, right, of a certain renewal or rebirth when you're connected um, to the things of God around you. You know, the Bible says he has set eternity in the hearts of men and things like art, uh, you know, music and, and different forms of beauty and creative expression, those are things that are transcendental and make you go, wow, there is um there is a divine being, right? Like it says in Romans one. His his invisible qualities, his invisible attributes have been made known to us. And in our folly, we just have not acknowledged him. So when you recognize the invisible qualities of God, and you acknowledge it as you write, even if you don't explicitly say God this in your words, you're giving glory to God and something is shifting in the spiritual atmospheres. And for the writer or listener, um, God is redeeming the futile thinking that we are all, uh, you know, so so uh, subject to when when we like you know we get caught up in our own creative works and effort and and think it's all about us you know so there's a redeeming quality to it that's really really unique and special that's all we have time for on this episode stay tuned for episode 15 where our songwriters reflect on stories of how their songs have encouraged people and they dig deep into the challenges they face as songwriters and how they have overcome them see you next time